welcome back to Manchester's Big Theatre Podcast. This is Series 2, Episode 2. Thank you so much to all of you who've listened to Episode 1 already. Um, It was our first episode with ADP Audio, so it saw a release of an audio drama. And we've had some great responses already. Thanks so much for sending them through. Um, So now we've got Episode 2, and in this, Joe goes to interview Elizabeth Newman, the Artistic Director at Bolton Octagon. Hope you enjoy. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What, when did you first become interested in theatre? So um, my family are amazing, uh, but we didn't really go to the theatre a lot uh, when I was growing up because uh, we were more... Uh, we did, me and my sister, a lot of sort of joining in activities, whether that be brownies or dancing or, you know, etc. But we, we, di- we didn't really go to the theatre. And, and theatre is quite expensive, so... Um, once we went to um, on a group trip uh, to see Cinderella at the Fairfield Halls where Paul Bradley was playing Buttons where, where, where is this, where, where are you from? Uh, so Fairfield Halls is in Croydon and it's the big sort of commercial hall venue um, a bit like Bolton's Albert Halls actually anyway so we went we went to see Cinderella and I loved it. I think I also loved it because the man from EastEnders was in it and I was really excited and he gave me a selection box, which subsequently, uh, several years ago now, I met Paul at an event and uh, we got on really well and, and eventually, that was sort of a while in, I had to just explode the fact that I had met him when he was playing Buttons in Fairfield oh. Halls. And did it. So we'd met in a work context as well, so I think he, he found it quite funny and, and he's such a lovely man. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, we we didn't really go to the theatre. So um, my experience of theatre was through participation. Um, First of all, dancing um, and then um, acting. Uh, But then I was quite poorly as a teenager, which lots of people know about now, um, which meant that I was um, not able to... uh, It affected my mobility, so I had quite a lot of difficulties getting about and moving. I was quite poorly, so... Um, my attention moved away from performing into directing because that was something I could still do. So that was quite that was quite early on, was it? Yeah. So I was thirteen, and then I, when I was in hospital, um, we did drama therapy with an amazing woman called Liz. Interestingly, um, she was brilliant. And what, what did that involve? How can you? Uh, well, yeah. She 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 would come in. So we we had lots of different yeah. sort of. Um, uh, facilities there so we had physiotherapy and occupational therapy and all these you know things to help us all get better and then we also had um, emotional support for the fact that we were all quite poorly and Liz was part of that so she would do uh, art therapy with us where we'd draw and paint uh, some of us can use our arms very well I was one of those people um, and then we also did drama where you'd be set scenarios and you'd act things out and it just sort of helped you made make sense of what was happening in the world and um, it was a really wonderful experience. So um, then, when I went back to school when I was fourteen, um, properly um, had an amazing drama teacher who was really supportive of the idea of me uh, doing drama. Um, but just because of my circumstance, I started directing, and that was when I was fourteen, and I and I carried on really, and it just grew from there. Um, 
shows, became very successful, uh, went into theatres in London, went to drama school, um, set up my own company, which did really well, um, assisted some really good people, but also worked as a casting director, did lots of different things, ended up at Southwark, setting up a season of work there with two amazing artists and then Ellie who was there at the time went on sabbatical and asked me to take care of things for her so that was amazing it was a brilliant opportunity worked with a brilliant guy called Chris there learned a lot from him I was starting to get more and more experience directing and then I was I was I was just turned 23 and I just thought I really need to get better at doing this Doing, doing uh, directing or doing the yeah, building? Do, directing. I mean, I've all, the, the building side of things and the company side of things is something that I that is somewhere in my blood. I don't, you know. Whereas when you're making art, you do need to be nourished and have experiences, and and it's a, it's a different muscle, I think. And I knew that that muscle, although was being praised wasn't developed in the way that I knew it needed to be to sustain and you know you, your your success can't be youth um because that isn't sustainable because ultimately you are going to grow up and that is one of the things from things I've heard people say oh Elizabeth Newman how brilliant uh, she was an artistic director at 28 is that right so here at 29 uh, 22 I was caretaking at Southwark uh, I set up my own company actually when I was 19 and I was artistic director, chief exec of that. So, so, but is it something you? So you got loads of praise at the time for being partly for being so young. Is yeah. that yeah? Yeah, but, but, but young is. It's not. Um, well, as I said before, it's not. It's not something that's going to sustain you, um, really. So I took the decision to leave London, um, and go on what was then called uh, the ITV trainee director scheme. Um, and come to Bolton. I was only meant to be here a year, and you are now sat in my office with my cardboard boxes packed up to finally go uh, nine and a bit years on. So uh, I fell in love with Bolton and the people, and whilst I've been here, I've gone off and directed telly and radio and worked at other theatres periodically, but always Bolton has been my home. And what what was the journey? So you arrived in Bolton as a trainee. So that was assistant directing, I guess. So it was. It's a it's a it's a scheme that's gone on various sort of iterations throughout the decades. Really, uh, the year that I was on, it was for a slightly more experienced directors went on it. So James Dacre went to the New Vic, um, and Emma Callender's lovely actor turned director went up to Scotland, and I came here with David. So all of us had had quite a lot of experience by that point but yeah so we came in we assisted we took on other responsibilities directed a bit um but yeah it was it was wonderful to come to Bolton and I'd saw I sort of had this image of coming to Bolton where I was going to get to read loads of Dostoevsky and <laughs> waft around in a caftan but um that's never happened um it's been a great place but a great place of work um, what have what is the what would you say the chat you said that it kind of comes quite naturally to running a building what what would you say is your and i suppose actually it sounds like you've not actually done too much free like that you know lots of directors go kind of freelance for 10 years and then maybe take over a building whereas you've kind of seem to have been building 
based for quite a lot of your career. What would you say the kind of with you in Bolton as the artistic director of the Octagon, what are your responsibilities here in terms of your role? The reason I I find the artistic director bit easier than the director bit is the artistic director bit is 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 just helping other people. So your job is to support other people and liberate them to do their best work. And for me, that's when I'm at my happiest. You know, I always talk about um, directing plays and running theatres as like it's helping people to fly. And for me, I get so much joy out of saying to somebody, come on, you can do this. What do you want to do? And, and supporting them and and giving them belief that maybe they don't have in themselves. But I think everyone has infinite potential and they just need support and love and kindness and help. And as you're about to move on to become to another artistic directorship, what um, what have you kind of set yourself any challenges for this new one or is it any... Uh, it's a different kind of kind of setup, isn't it? I think the I think the key thing is is that when people talk about directors, I think directors can f- express themselves in different ways. And I talk about myself being when I talk about myself as an artistic director, I talk about I'm on a mission and I'm a vicar. So I believe that you're as an artistic director of a regional theatre, you you have a parish, people congregate to hear their stories, to make sense of the world. You are somebody that they can. Uh, connect with communicate with who will offer support um when i talk about directing i talk about myself being a midwife so um the actors the writers the designers everybody is 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 coming together to create the, the matter that is the baby um and my job is to ensure that baby lives and is healthy and but at the same time that the mum who is the artist who are there as well um also come out the other side and what, what would you say that the mission is for the i was thinking about this on the train where you know in terms of do you feel like the octagon as a theater has a very different mission say from home in manchester or the young vic or the royal exchange yeah i mean i think the the mission of organizations is is kind of communicated to them, if that makes sense. So Bolton tells us what Bolton needs. There would be nothing worse than an artistic director coming into a theatre and going, I think Bolton needs da-da-da. I think the job of the artistic director is to listen to the place. So I think um, home, where where home is, on First Street, on the Royal Exchange, you know, in St Anne's Square, or all of these places have a different tune that they're playing to you, and you just have to listen. And I think what's extraordinary about Sarah Frankham, and I, I think she's utterly amazing, is she is absolutely listening to that place. And as it's changed in the years that she's worked there, she she has she has absolutely evolved what they do to to meet the needs of the people of that place and the people of that place who are coming and the people of that place who aren't coming and, and how we can create a safe environment for people to attend. And then they have the choice whether they want to keep coming or not, but ultimately we do support them to have that first moment where they go, do I want to prioritise this in my life? Because not not everyone does. Some people absolutely prefer spending their time uh, running up mountains, or you can do both. Obviously, all of these things are not mutually exclusive. But you know, running up mountains, or actually, they, they don't. They don't want to listen to stories in that way. They'd rather go to music concerts, or etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what? Um, 
a lot of actors that I've met have said how much they love working with you. And that, that's genuine. What is, I was wondering if you could give us any tips in what you kind of do in the room or what is your approach? Is there anything? So I think uh, it's really nice that people say that. It's very kind and very generous um, of them. I, I think when you come into a rehearsal room uh, where I am fulfilling that role um it's a very democratic environment i think that helps people to do their best work the the phrase that i always come back to is that rehearsals um should be safe and free so it should be a place of safety where you are free um at all times and an amazing actor uh who we worked with uh several years ago now when we were doing feedback at the end, which we always try and do, he was very kind and he said, uh, being in a rehearsal room with you, 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 you make me feel safe so I can give a dangerous performance. And I think that's the, that's what I see my role as, is, is creating uh, an environment where somebody can contact the parts of themselves that will help them inhabit and embody um, the person they're pretending to be and, and to align their empathy um, to the others in the space and, and to, to enable the empathy within them to be so acute um, and intense that, that they're able to really allow their subjective self to be dominant over their objective self. So if you're looking at when you're acting, you've got your subjective self and you've got your objective self. Your subjective self is pretending to be somebody else and believing that you are Chris Keller in All My Sons, you know. Uh, your objective self is stopping you falling over, is keeping your, your awareness of the fact that when the lights go out, you do have to walk off stage, or when the fire alarm goes, you do have to leave, you know. So all, all of those things, those two things coinciding. For me, if I can get to a point when we leave rehearsals where 95% of the time the actor is their subjective self, then I've succeeded. But I think the only way you do that is by helping somebody feel safe and... Um, supporting them to explore the parts of themselves that they need to use and is there anything you do i love a practical tip is there anything oh, you do um tip. well both is great yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh, but is yeah is there any little practical tips that you do like um katie mitchell's book says where to put the tea out in the room i think so is that oh, right any? okay i haven't read katie's book in a while <laughs> though i do really love that book um a practical tip I guess is that I think the closer you can get someone to themselves when they're working on something the better so um for years and years and years since I first started directing I remember the first thing I directed I uttered the words to somebody can you put it in your own words text and it was miraculous what happened was that all of a sudden this person went from sounding like they were speaking a play to not speaking a play because then when they went back to the text they realized that it could be like their own words. And I think what you want to do, which is what I always say to com companies or actors that I've not worked with before, is ideally somebody would pass the rehearsal room and think we weren't rehearsing. Right, okay. So if somebody overhears it and thinks it's improvised, then we've succeeded. Um, I talk about it's not, a, it's not a replay, it's a play. You know, let's remember that. Um, but that is easier said than done you know I'm making it sound like it's a really easy thing to do it's not that I, th I think the actor's job is extraordinarily challenging and I'm in awe of actors because the energy that is required to inhabit the psychology 
emotional and physical life of a fictional person is really hard because simultaneously you have two you're trying to generate two life sources you're trying to maintain your own and you're trying to create someone else's so and I personally would not have the the, the physical and, and emotional energy to do that um day after day after day after day although I did see you play Jane Eyre Hilarious. actually <laughs> Hilarious. can you tell us a little bit about that well, we 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 don't have a lot of money here, so we don't have understudies or swings or anything like that. So if somebody goes down, if the sh- if, the, if somebody goes down on the ship, uh, unfortunately the captain has to step in. So I've been on stage a number of times at the Octagon Theatre, Bolton. My first was playing David Copperfield in David Copperfield. Um, I had to wear the child's costume because the adult costume was too big. Um, I went on a few times in that show. Um, so yes, I I had to go on as Jane Eyre for a couple of performances, which was um, very very tiring. Although the actors found it hilarious because as they were all getting ready in the dressing room, I had my emails out trying to do my emails <laughs> at the same time as having my hair done because I was like, I've actually got to do my my actual job as well. Um, so yeah, but it was ne- necessary. It was a great moment, for, you know, for, in terms of you talk about the community. It was a great moment though to see that you came out just before and said. I'm your artistic director, I'm going to play Jane Eyre. You came in the dress and everybody yeah. thought, oh, this, uh, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was just dressed up in the costumes with the actors just beforehand. No, uh, no. Uh, no, I'm a firm believer in just being honest with people as well. And I think that's probably why actors um, don't mind being in a room with me because I'm, I'm always honest, um, which then, again, makes them feel safe because you feel safe with people who are honest, don't you? And looking back now, just to um, we've got two questions. Yeah. What, uh, what is what have you got any kind of real favourite moments looking back at your ten nine and a half uh, years? Ago? Yeah, I think uh, probably um, when six double decker buses drove onto the town square a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so we've just done a production of Summer Holiday, which has never been done promenade on the buses before. And a couple of years ago, I thought, right, what are we going to do? And I came up with the idea. And and not everyone thought it was going to be possible or would work. You know? So, who, so you, you as artistic director, yeah. you come up with the idea and then, yeah, so then, who, so do then you, who do you seek, tell? Well, then you seek uh, people's advice and support. But in the end, um, you, you have to get... Well, in this instance, you have to get other people to support you to do it. So we work with an amazing bus company called The Vision Buses, run by this great bloke called Michael, who he has invested so much of their money and resources in it because he's provided the buses for free and the bus drivers and for however many shows and rehearsals and just everything. He's been amazing. So he was really kind and up for it. And then Transport for Greater Manchester have been brilliant when went to them they were amazing the director of place at the council Stephen who has been he's not at Bolton Council anymore he's at Lancashire County Council but working at Bolton he would be somebody that I could really bounce ideas off and and rely on him to give really good feedback but but he was also really up for um the 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 imagination being liberated to support communities so Yes, on the page, it sounds like a slightly off-the-wall idea. 
But in reality, that's what we need. We need things where people are going to go, wow, this is happening in our town and look what we've made happen in Bolton. So his support was invaluable, really. And what was his role in the... What was his role? He's director of place. So um, there's a place department and a people department. So he um, headed up everything to do with all services um, and regeneration and the master plan and... um, and he's a real visionary and went yes yeah why not okay let's give it a go um and therefore brokered lots of conversations with other people where i could start asking lots of people for things for free but bolton council are extraordinary you know giving us a town square for a month and supporting us with the security and the hoarding and and knowing that that's going to be a really positive thing for for bolton so you've got these amazing partners who are really up for it and are really kind and generous and and I think because they'd walked into the theatre when it had been turned into a beach and because they'd been to the dinner parties on the cruise ships and because they'd seen the hundred children at the railway station and and all these things that it seemed less of an out there idea to put six buses on the town square because they'd seen some of the other unorthodox ideas really work for us you know 8,000 people coming into the theatre over four days when we turned the theatre into a beach was one of the happiest moments of my life because about 70% of those people had never been in here before. So it's really important to... Um, and I'm not very good at clocking in and going, oh, that that went really well, you know. Often I'm on to the next thing and I go, good, OK, relieved, great, move on, you know, um, because you have to keep going. But because I am, after nearly 10 years... Um, going to run a theatre in Scotland I have recently been looking back over those things that you know when it rained on stage for the first time when we did singing in the rain um when we turned the studio into a fairy garden and had 150 young people sat drinking wonderful tea from all over the world and telling us what they wanted their theatre to be when we had our out of Africa day and we had wonderful African dancing on stage where the audience took to the stage to dance, which launched Black History Month in Bolton. You know, there have been some amazing moments where where we've done... And the, and the summer holiday that is on at the moment that I saw last night, it, you, you, and you arrive in the... Inter, you get your ticket from the interchange, the new, shiny new shiny bus interchange. interchange, and then you're taken on this journey yeah. that goes around to town, town hall... And it is kind of almost like pure joy you see on people's faces and and talking. I started talking to audience members that I, you know, they're asking me if I knew the songs, which I didn't really know loads of the songs. Uh, but that is because of that like, format. You wouldn't do that, I don't think, if you just arrived in the theatre. Um, and finally, to end, is um, we asked Simon Naylor from Series 1 um, what his animal was, and he was uh, uh, a rhinoceros Um what what would you say your animal is? Well, I've been given various animals um, at different points in my life. Um, the first was uh, a vulture by drama school, which was supposedly my opposite animal, so the animal I'm least like, um, which you then had to pretend to be for a year, which I really enjoyed. It was actually a really great experience and helped me physically, definitely. Um then I did a guided meditation uh, about 11 years ago um, with a group of people uh, for us to discover our animals. And in that moment, during the guided meditation, I arrived as a deer, which might be true, I would say. 
Um, but quite often I get told that I'm like a field mouse or a dormouse, uh, probably because I'm always shuffling around, uh, hoarding things and wearing oversized cuddly jumpers and yeah and you said that you your deer is actually looking for for a horse yeah so as part of the guided meditation you you found out which animal you you didn't know this was going to be the process but you found out which animal you were and which animal you're in search of mine was a horse so um yeah so you heard it here yeah. Elizabeth Newman. Search for horse. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. That's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you. So that was episode two with Elizabeth Newman. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, what I personally really enjoyed about that episode was how it's clear that Elizabeth really creates a wonderful atmosphere to be in in her rehearsal room. And what I think is really great is how she talks about how she is there to allow other people to do their best work. And she was saying about how she's so in awe of actors, but actually actors are also so in awe of her and there's this wonderful balance. And I think that's such an amazing environment to be in when everyone just thinks everyone else is great and it just creates fantastic work. Um, So yeah, I thought that was great. Um, So yes, that was episode two of season two. Um, we shall be back next Friday with episode three. So we shall be releasing all of our episodes for series two on a Friday. So make sure you catch up on any episodes you've missed. Subscribe to us, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, um, and also check out our new website, which Joe has sweated over and made something beautiful. So do go along to there where you can listen to all our past episodes. It's www.mbtpodcast.co.uk. And we shall see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye.